Welcome to this week's episode of the Faith Borger Podcast. Today's episode is part one of two on the beginnings of Faith Covenant Church. Pastor Les sits down with longtime member and current deacon at Faith, Don Bertel. Les and Don talk about the founding of Faith Covenant Church and what it was like in the early days of Faith's ministry here in Borger. Here's Pastor Les and Don. Hey, welcome to the Faith Covenant Church Podcast. I'm really glad you joined us again today. And we're so excited today because uh, one of my favorite people in the whole world, uh, Don Bertel, is here with us. And I know a lot of you know Don as just one of the really rock-solid members of Faith Covenant Church. But what a lot of people might not know about Don is that uh, he was here at Faith Covenant Church when the church got started, when it first got off the ground back in the late 1960s. And he's lived here in Borger off and on, raised his family here in Borger off and on. And uh, he's been uh, a prominent teacher, and uh, he's been a leader in Faith Covenant Church for years and years. So I'm really excited today for Don Bertel to just sit down in the chair with us, and we're going to talk about the uh, origins of your church, Faith Covenant Church. And I hope this will be really interesting to some people, because it's an incredible story. I love hearing this story. I never get tired of it. So, Don, thanks so much for agreeing to do this today. Well, well glad to be here. Yeah, glad it's to great be here. to have you here. It really is. <laughs> Uh, so let's go back to the very earliest days of FCC. If I remember right, you said you were something like seventh or eighth grade. Yes, I was in eighth grade, yeah. and uh, the um, my mom and dad and some other uh, families in Borger were kind of dissatisfied with the church they were going to, and the Bible just wasn't being taught like they thought it yeah. should be. And uh, I remember we'd have meetings at different people's homes, and we'd say. What can we do? What can we do? And finally, they came up with the idea of starting a church. And uh, wow. so um, we met at homes for a while, and uh, then then it got too big for the home, so we moved out to the medical center in in um, Phillips, Texas. So Phillips Petroleum had a medical really? center out there, and, okay. and uh, some of the early. Uh, starters of the church uh, had access to that or Dr. Holmes was one of the uh, he was a physician that worked he, uh-huh. as a physician for Phillips uh, at that time and had access to that building so we went out there and Dr. Holmes and his wife and uh, uh, Dr. Graham a dentist in town and Dr. Little another dentist in town yes. and uh, yeah. um Jack, Jack and Kit Stallings and my mom and dad, Jim and Beverly Bertell were involved and, uh, uh, they just started meeting. And one of the, um, uh, I guess maybe Dr. Holmes or maybe Mrs. Sublett, who was my first Sunday school teacher at the church, uh, were familiar with a Dallas seminary, Dallas Theological Seminary. And so they got the idea of bringing professors up on Sunday to teach. And so yes. that's before we first started. Uh, we had some really good Bible teaching from the very get go because um, they'd come up on Sunday and 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 uh, wow. and give a message, and then they'd stay and eat dinner with one of us. You know, it was really great. <laughs> I mean, you have some of these really well known yes, uh, Bible teachers, and you yeah. hear them at Sunday morning, and then they come home and eat lunch with you after church. You know, it's pretty pretty <laughs> yeah, nice. That, that's just so incredible. <laughs> we're we're going to dive into that a little bit more here in a moment. Yeah. But I just think that it's really great for people to hear a little bit more about like what really motivated your mom and dad and a few of these other key families. Because I think you've shared with me in the past that uh, the church that y'all were in was kind of moving in a more progressive direction, we might call it today, yes. 
back in those days, you called it a more liberal direction. Right. You know, liberal theology was like coming in like a flood into mm-hmm. America's churches. And I think you mentioned to me that the pastor of your mom and dad's church at the time wanted to join the World Council of Churches yes, and yes. do some things like that. Um, like, how would you kind of compare some of those things your mom and dad were seeing back in the late 60s, maybe to some of the kinds of things that we're kind of seeing today that are threatening churches? Yeah. Like well, yeah, I think it is very, there's some lots of similarities there. Um, I remember, well, one thing that I remember is that the pastor we had, he was going to seminary and he went to a seminary back in San Francisco oh, and wow. uh, it was a Presbyterian seminary. Uh-huh. And uh when he came back, it was like he was teaching weird stuff, you know, and kind of a more what you might call a social gospel. And, yes. you know, I remember one time he did a he did a whole sermon on sticks and stones may break your bones and words may sometimes hurt you. He kind of changed it a little bit. I just remember that, but which one it's yeah. like, and yeah. it's like, now we're, they never brought the Bible involved into any of it, you know? Oh, and wow. so yeah. I, I, those are the kinds of things that were happening at church. And I remember one time they, uh, there was a sign, uh, a sign on on Cedar Street, and it's a picture of Martin Luther King at Communist Training School. And I don't know who put the sign up there. Oh, yeah. And so they they organized a march down to that sign, you know. And it just you know, it's just and not that anything was necessarily that wrong about any of it, but the emphasis was away from the scriptures. And that's yeah. really what that's really what got my my parents and these other families interested in starting a church is that you know we wanted the Bible to be taught. We wanted the yes. Focus to be on the Word of God, the Scriptures, and uh, that you know it was just other things were becoming the the focal point of the church activities, and and that's not really what we wanted in a church. We yeah. wanted a church that focused on the Word of God and the worship of the Lord, and yeah. and uh, and that that really was biblically sound. Yeah, you know, you feed the people the Word of God, and the, and the people of God will do the work of God. Yes, and, and absolutely. That's what that's what God's people really want. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's so so good. Wow. So your mom and dad and a few other couples, and you were like I said, you were in middle school. Yes. Uh, and you're, it sounds like you had kind of a vagabond church. You're like moving from place to place a little bit, trying mm-hmm. to find places to meet as this little group begins to grow. Why, why do you think this group began to grow? It sounds like maybe just a few families at first, but it suddenly kind of took on a life of its own. I think there was a lot of spiritual hunger. You know, I think the church in America at that time was starting to drift a little bit. And yeah. people that had a real desire to walk with the Lord and know the Bible and know the scriptures, you know, whenever they were looking, they were looking for an opportunity to to be in a church and a ministry where the word of God was taught clearly and consistently. Yeah. And uh, so they, I, th- I just think there was a lot of interest in that. And yeah. uh, um, I think recently there was that, um, Jesus Revolution movie that came out. And you think about the, the spirit of that time, you know, people were, were searching for the real answers and real truth. Yeah. And, and, uh, and that some of that movement was even here in Borger. And I remember some of the people in Borger mm-hmm. going to some of those activities on the coast and Dallas and, uh, and, and went to that oh, big yeah, the, the expo. Expo. And like and, yeah. That was yes, in 72, I think, yeah. or something. Yeah. And so uh, there was a lot of interest in that kind of thing. So, yeah. When the when in one of the things that um, 
that our church got involved with, and we may get into this later in our discussion, but uh, the the first pastor we had was active at the at Frank Phillips College. Yes. Sir. And so there was a lot of college students. We had a lot of college ministry going on at the time. Uh-huh. And, uh, and those people, they were interested in, in hearing the word of God. And so, in fact, my wife and I met at the college ministry out at Frank Phillips. And, yeah. uh, and so, you know, it's, uh, there was just interest in, in, in yeah. the Bible and spiritual yeah. things. Yeah, that's so incredible. And I never had really thought about that. But yeah, Faith Covenant Church is kind of a Jesus Revolution church. Absolutely. Because mm-hmm. it was 1968, yeah. 69, 70, 71, when it was really getting off the yes. ground. That's, that's really amazing. When you think about it, that was a really probably the last great spiritual awakening in American history. Uh-huh. And Faith Covenant Church is a product of that spiritual awakening. Yes. Oh, that's fantastic. That really is. Well, I think it'd be really good for our folks to kind of hear like some of the challenges that come along with it, you can't, you know, churches don't just happen. I think I've shared this statistic with you before that uh, 80% of church starts or church plants actually die. Yes. And so for a church to get off the ground and then survive, you know, here almost 50 years later, really remarkable. So yes, what were some of the challenges y'all face? Like what did it take to get it started and turn this little Bible study group into a functioning church. Well, you you mentioned one of them earlier about just finding a place to meet. You know, we started out at homes and we went to the medical center in Phillips and then we ended up in the ballroom at at Borger Hotel on 6th Street. (laughs) And uh, I remember as, as, you know, being one of the youth, our job was to clean out the ballroom after the Saturday night dances and whatever for the Sunday morning service, you know. So we'd go up there and clean up the the messes and set out the chairs and lay out the hymnals and so forth and So that was, you know, that was one challenge, just finding a place to meet. And there was another thing that happened early on, probably within the first month or two of of our existence as a church, is we'd fly these uh, professors up from Dallas Seminary to teach. And there was one particular professor named Dr. Robert Leitner that had come up once for a Mm -hmm. speaker. Mm -hmm. And then when he came up the second time, he had an opportunity to to go meet with somebody in Hereford about a church start in Hereford. Okay. So um, three of the uh, three of the um, people in our church uh, that helped start it, the Dr. Holmes and his wife and Dr. Little, which was the dentist, were all pilots. And Dr. Little was just about to finish his uh, flight training. He only needed a few more hours. He needed to make a cross-country trip. So he uh, volunteered to fly Dr. Leitner from Dallas, okay. from Borger to Hereford, and Dr. Holmes and Dr. Uh, and his wife also agreed to go along in the flight. So they took off from the Borger Airport, and something wasn't quite right with the plane. So they went, they circled back. Dr. Holmes, you know, he, he was a very experienced pilot, and he said we need to go back and check it. So they went back. It was something with the trim trim tab or something, and they got that fixed, whatever it was. And they took off a second time, and they were taken off right after a, a larger. Uh, military training plane had come in and landed and just did such and go. And they took off right after that. And somehow they got caught up in a vortex after oh. on their takeoff and, and the plane crashed. Oh. And uh, Dr. Little was killed. Oh, yeah. So, so, yeah. This is a early church member. Yeah. Was actually the, killed. Yeah. Early church member, Dr. Dr. Little. He was my dentist, in fact. Good and uh, he was killed in that plane crash. And Dr. Holmes and his wife were seriously injured. And Dr. Leitner, which was a professor at Dallas Seminary, yes, I think he was like 37 years old at the not very young, had a, like a three month old baby at, 
and two two other children. Wow. He, he was severely injured, and uh, and so it it cra- they, they crashed on. Actually, they took off, were unable to take off, get their altitude at all. So they did a hard bank to 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 try to get out of that turbulence, and they were headed right toward the radio tower. There's a radio tower there, and so he had to bank mm-hmm. a little bit more. When he made that extra bank. It all crashed to the ground. Oh, so it was just a tragic, tragic accident. And, uh, um, but they all did end up recovering except for Dr. Little. And, yes, uh, yes. but that was a, that was a big, uh, big moment in the early beginnings of the church because, yes, you know, we were just, just a few months old as a church. And then here we had yeah. you know, one of our members killed and then two others seriously injured in a, one of the pastors or one of the teachers from Dallas Seminary also injured. Yeah. And so it's like, Wow, this is hard. <laughs> yeah, it sure is. yeah. Oh, and uh, now, you, know, you try to think about you know just facing that kind of adversity as a little mm-hmm. you know a little church trying to get off the ground and mm-hmm. you know having to face something like that that was really yeah. incredibly difficult. And Doctor Doctor Little, I mean Doctor Little, Doctor Leitner, who was a seminary professor, actually wrote a book about the. It's yeah. called Triumph Through Tragedy. Yes, and uh, and uh, there's a book about that and uh, how he how the Lord used that pain and suffering in his life uh-huh. as a to build him and prepare him for the rest of his ministry. Exactly. And so, right. so anyway, it's it's yeah. pretty interesting to see how that all took took yeah. place. And uh-huh. but yeah, it was, it was a difficult, it was a traumatic start, I guess you might say, yeah, to the absolutely. church. Absolutely, absolutely. How did that? That makes me think about this. Like, how did that come about? That I, I've never heard of a church, you know, flying in seminary professors. I mean, that's so remarkable to me yeah. that that number one, y'all would do it, and number two, you could pull it off. Yes, uh, you know that uh, for one, that was part of probably one of the distinctives of the beginnings of the church is that there were some uh, professional people in Borger, uh, doctors, uh, um, people that had uh, financial wherewithal to mm-hmm. to. To do things like that, and and not only that, but have so spiritual interest and awareness that they'd mm-hmm. heard from somebody, mm-hmm. they knew about this, and they just had connections and knew. Um, I think I mentioned a lady named Lois Sublett, who was my Sunday school teacher at at, at the church, and uh, she um, she had I think her husband had gone to some classes at Dallas Seminary, okay, way back when very beginning, uh, really. Uh, what is it? Who was the guy? Schaefer, Lewis Ferry. Schaefer. Yeah, that when he was a, he was a teaching and president really? there. So wow. they, there was a familiar. Some of the people in the church were familiar with that seminary and that, um, and knew that they had had a ministry where they provided pulpit supply on a regular basis to, yeah. to churches. And so yeah. they just wow. thought big and had a big big yeah. vision and thought, well, just yeah. bring it this we're gonna have a speaker, just have a good one, you know? <laughs> <laughs> That's great. That's you know? Right. Yeah. And and you know, it's so neat too that you had, you know, uh men who had succeeded so well in the marketplace. Yes, but wanted to use what they had gained in the marketplace Absolutely. for ministry. Absolutely, I, I love that so so mm-hmm. much. I really really do. And, you know, the other thing too is that y'all were is this is so prescient of your church because y'all were tapping into Dallas Seminary at a time right before they really began to have a huge impact on yes. American evangelicalism because we think about you know the most popular pastor in America, Chuck Swindoll. Uh huh. Uh, Tony Evans, uh, Chip Ingram, uh, Gene Getz, uh, Andy Stanley, you know, so many others that have had a huge Howard effect. Hendricks, yeah. Howard Hendricks, another good one. Yes, sir. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
people have had a huge impact on uh, the American church, mm-hmm. all Dallas Seminary graduates. And, you know, y'all were tapping the Dallas Seminary really kind of before people really knew yes. about it. Yes. Uh, so yeah, that's 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 really fascinating. That really is. So you mentioned Miss Sublet's name two or three times. Yes. Uh, tell us a little bit about her. <laughs> well, uh, I think uh, one thing that's interesting is she's the one that came up with the name for Faith Covenant Church. Is you that know, right? I know when we, whenever you got to the high school level, she was the teacher for the high school students at Faith Covenant, and she always taught about the biblical covenants. Oh, and so she was a, that was one of her big topics. She'd talk about the Mosaic covenant, Abrahamic covenant, Davidic covenant, Davidic covenant. And, and then of course the new covenant or the faith covenant. And so, and so she, uh, she, she just came up with that name. I think that early on, it was one of the things, what are we going to call ourselves? And she spoke up and said, that's what I'd like it to be, you know, and everybody <laughs> kind of got on board with it and that that became yeah. the name, you know. Wow. That's amazing. So, you know, I go through our church library every once in a while and there's so many scholarly books there and most of them you'll open up, they belong to Miss Sublet. Yes. And so she, she not only was a great teacher, she was an incredible reader. Yes. She read hard books. She know, did. Warfield, she did. you know, people like that. She mm-hmm. was reading some incredibly, uh, you know, dense uh, tough books. And yes. So that's really good. So she was the high school Sunday school teacher. Yes, she was. I, I, you know, I don't know if you remember this or not. I'm just kind of curious, but it's like if you meet at the Borger Hotel for a church service, where would y'all have Sunday school? We used some of the some of the motel rooms. We had <laughs> we had a had the ballroom on Sunday morning, and then during the week there was about four rooms or so we rented. One for the church office. And then I think one, we had a bunch of stuff stored in. And then the other two, we just had to set aside for Sunday school rooms. No kidding. For meetings. So we <laughs> had that, you know, we had that uh, uh, availability to us to yeah. to meet and, and wow. do our do our activities. Yes. That is great. Yeah. And just so everybody hearing this knows, that's the old abandoned hotel. Yes. The big abandoned building downtown. And, and y'all were in the basement of that abandoned But actually, building. the ballroom is the second floor. Oh, second floor. I yeah. apologize. Okay. The basement The basement actually had a restaurant in it. And a lot oh. of times, if we were really good and nobody got in trouble in our family, we got to go eat down there. <laughs> you know, it, it was a little, it was kind of a up, kind of an upscale restaurant down yeah. below. So, you you didn't go there every every Sunday, but okay. every once in a while we got to go down to the the <laughs> restaurant in the basement. And yeah, <laughs> what did the, I can't remember the name of that. It had a name. Yeah, but, that's so but great. anyway, it was uh, wow. Yeah, it was uh, yeah. it was a good yeah. good thing. Yeah. It's like you kids have been good. We're not we're not going to Dairy Queen. We're today. not going we're to gonna, Dairy Queen we're today. Going, we're, going we're going to the ballroom. We're, we're going, going to the, the restaurant. Place, yeah, <laughs> so good, so good. Uh, just give us an idea if you can kind of remember like uh, like the numerical growth of the church. I, I imagine you started off with. Let's say six to ten families. Yes. Uh, like numerically, kind of, how did things begin to grow? And you know, I think it, 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 when it started out, it was probably about thirty or forty people. Oh, but wow. within within within, um, I would say six months, we were probably over a hundred people coming. Really? Because that's when we went from the Borger. Uh, the, the medical center in Phillips to the Borger Hotel. We had to have a little more room, and we were regularly having hundred. 120 or maybe 150 people on Sunday morning. And so it got, it grew pretty quickly, pretty, uh, pretty soon after we started. And, uh, then we call our first pastor, mm-hmm. Dr. Dale Yance. He was okay. a graduate from Dallas Seminary. Yeah, also Dallas yes. Seminary. Yeah. And, uh, when he came, he started doing these seminars, you know, 
back in that day, it was real popular to have Bible seminars during the week. Oh, and we yeah. would get a lot of people in town coming to that that maybe went to other churches or, or maybe went to no church, but they would come to these these Bible conferences, just a, different mm-hmm. topics that they would do on like a Wednesday night or, yeah. or even other nights of the week. And so then people from from that would start coming on Sunday morning. So it just kind of, it just kind of snowballed. And then also, mm-hmm. I, I think I mentioned that Dale Yance was teaching uh, uh, some classes out at Frank Phillips College. He taught Old Testament uh, history, New Testament history. He taught, he taught a love, sex, and marriage class. That that was the reason <laughs> my wife came from Pampa to go to Frank Phillips. Her mom wanted her to come to school over here and take some classes under yeah. Dale Yance. And yeah. so, and then so we met, and then we ended up getting married eventually. But but yeah, so yeah, yeah, so there was a connection in that even. So yeah, and I can't imagine college students being interested in love, sex, and marriage. Yeah. <laughs> so I always great. thought it was kind of funny the order: love, sex, and marriage. It was yeah. kind of like she kind of had should have had the order a little. Should have been love, marriage, and sex. Yeah, it's gonna be a Christian class: love, marriage, and sex. That's right. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. Yeah. So do you remember? I, I've always heard so many incredible things about Doctor Yon. Uh, oh, I'm yes. sorry. He wasn't a doctor. I'm sorry. Yeah, he was. Doctor. Oh, yeah, De- okay. yeah, Doctor Delion. Yes, yes. yes. Uh, I, I know there was a youth pastor in town who told me that he had a youth Bible study. Yes. In the a backyard Bible study. Yes. Around 1970, 71, 300 uh-huh. kids would come. Yeah, I, I was. Which, I was one of them. Oh yeah. Well, yeah, you would have been. That's true. You would have been in high school. Yes. Which is so remarkable to me. You know, to see 300 kids in a backyard. Yes, I, I you know. can remember. I can still picture the, the meetings and stuff. And and it was good teaching. I, I mean, I, I I learned more about the Bible and from from about eighth grade till till I was a senior in high school. I probably mm-hmm. learned more in that period in any time in my life because mm-hmm. Dale Yance was teaching. We, I was taking. I took some of his clock when I graduated. I took some of his classes at the college. Yes, sir. And so. Um, we we had a lot of Bible teaching going on, a yeah. lot of a lot of spiritual uh, growth, and, uh, and a lot of just you know a lot of in, interest and enthusiasm yeah. about it. Yeah. So, no doubt, no doubt, and and yeah, the fact that you know we had a a local pastor teaching at the college, and, yes, but also it just gives you a sense of like the spiritual hunger that young people had, uh-huh. you know, early seventies that they would. They would want to talk about, you know, covenants and dispensations and things like that. Yes. You know? Yeah. And just, you know, what the Bible even had to say about anything, yeah. you yeah. know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know you and I have had this conversation before in the hallways of the church here, but I can remember when I first began in ministry, so many people, like, you know, when I was a youth pastor, kids just want to know, what does the Bible say? Yes. And 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 that, that was so much fun, you know, just mm-hmm. teaching the Bible, explaining the Bible. Today, it's a little bit different. People are asking themselves, what can the Bible tell me about the challenges I have in life? You know, yeah, about my different. finances, my parenting, raising children, my mm-hmm. marriage, et cetera, et cetera. It's really kind of a different mindset, you know, and I don't necessarily argue with that, but it was it was so much fun back in the day. Right, right. Just to be up there, just explaining the Bible. And that's what people wanted to know. Just they teach did. me the Bible. They did. And it was, it was really, really a lot of fun. It really was. Thank you for joining us today on the Faith Border Podcast. We hope you've been inspired and encouraged in your relationship with Jesus. If you enjoyed today's episode, please consider subscribing on Apple or Spotify podcasts, leave us a review, and share this episode on social media. 
Your support helps us continue spreading the extraordinary love of Jesus and his gospel to the world. To stay connected and explore more resources from Faith Covenant Church in Borger, Texas, visit our website at faithborger.com.